the name, the phrase uh, Christ is King is used all over the place uh, in Christian tradition and in, um, in uh, online, we see it all over the place. And we're going to talk today about what does that phrase mean? What does Christ is King mean uh, for us today? What does it mean in the Bible? What, what, what does it mean for Jesus Christ to be King of the world? And with us uh, here on Contramundum, joining uh, CJ Engel and myself, is Ron Dodson. Hello, Ron. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here and appreciate you guys asking me on. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Well, we'll just start right with the very first question. What does the phrase Christ is King mean? I think the easiest way to answer that is to go straight to Matthew 28 and look at the really what I'd like to call the preamble of the Great Commission. What is the basis for us going out? What is the basis for uh, the the literally the commission that is that is uh, given the great nomenclature? And that is uh, all power has been and, and authority has been given to Christ. Um, there is a sense in which uh, King of Kings is really uh, a euphemism, an ancient euphemism for emperor. And yeah. uh, so uh, and we can talk about how Paul borrows from the from the, uh, you know, nomenclature of the day and everything. Maybe we can get into that. But but really, you have you have Jesus title as King of Kings, which is an emperor. He's given a diadem, not just a crown. And then in in the commissioning, the 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 basis for the commissioning is that all authority uh, and power has been granted to him. So it's it's coming, it's being bestowed upon the ultimate authority uh, in, as the as the Jewish audience would understand it, the Father. Yeah, and so um, people, you know, sometimes they'll say. Well, Jesus' kingdom, you know, they'll quote uh, the Gospel of John. He says, my kingdom's not of this world. And so he's not after earthly power. He's not after, you know, political or cultural power like like uh, you horrible Christian nationalists would say. Um, right. you know, how, would, how would you answer that objection? Well, of course, it's not of this world. Uh, it, it, is, uh, it is to this world. Uh, it's, um, clear that Jesus is, uh, from heaven. He is mm -hmm. God's son. He is a uh, participant in the, uh, perichoretic reality of the Trinity. Yeah. Uh, his kingdom is issued forth from heaven. I think, uh, so it is not of this world, but it is certainly to this world. Mm -hmm. I, I think part of the trip up is that. Um, out of a godly zeal and and possibly a, a pietistic and conversionist uh, mentality, and 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 that's not all bad. We mm -hmm. have become transactional in our understanding of the kingdom, and that yeah. transactional deal makes us view it kind of like uh, life insurance. Well, life mm -hmm. insurance only pays off in calamity at the end, <laughs> and we have a hard time understanding that this is a it's it's not a uh, contract it's a covenant and the yeah. covenant participates at all times uh, 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 in the in the in the relationship uh, that is continual and that's mm -hmm. difficult for us even though 
Paul made it clear that marriage is a picture of this. And hopefully you're not just looking for a payoff at the end of marriage. That, that is a continual relationship that is, uh, that is covenantal and full of blessing. And then there's another thing. I, I think that sometimes we think of the purpose of Christianity is to get people off the earth, mm-hmm. that they would go to heaven. And that's our, that's our ultimate reality and destination. And yet the intermediate state, when we're separated soul from body, is, is seen as an exception, not the rule, that, mm-hmm. that our, gr- our great hope is in the resurrection and the eternal city the launching pad to who knows where dominion ends. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it limited to earth? It seems maybe it's the, uh, all of the galaxy or the cosmos. We don't know. Yeah. There's yeah. a perversion of this idea in, in the Mormon faith that they were, mm-hmm. they were hinting at a, at, at a reality of, of total dominion. Of course they go to a heretical spot with it, but, but we, I think we lose that eternal, uh, resurrection reality here on earth uh and realize god is colonizing the earth um yeah. not not looking to get escapees to heaven yeah and I, I think that's a that's a good um that's a good way of, of putting it uh the so much of the the evangelical world that you know we all we all come from is, is yeah very pietistic very conversionist uh it's it's just you know, in our DNA in America since you know, the second great awakening. Uh, and it's, so it's hard to view uh, the scriptures, hard, hard to view the new Testament, anything in, in any way outside that frame. And if you look at it in, in the context in which is given, you read the gospels, read the new Testament, right? Something else is, is pictured there other than just, you know, getting selling tickets to heaven, right? It's, right. it isn't, it isn't just, it, it is that, but it's way more, way, way, way more than that. And uh, it the hard thing is getting people to see the way, way, way more than that. And seeing that, yeah, Jesus is the world emperor. He's the king of kings. He's ruling over everything from the father's right hand now. And what does that mean then for the church today? Right. That's not a question we even ask, much less get an answer to very often. Um and so one of, one of the things, you know, before, before we went on, you know, that we've, we've talked about uh, lately is, you know, the, just the idea of the gospel and what the, what the gospel means, right? What is, what is the phrase gospel, you know, the Greek word uh, evangelion, uh, what is, what does that mean in the New Testament? Not necessarily in the context of you know, 19th, 20th, and 21st century American Christianity, but rather what does it mean in the New Testament context, right? What is that? Right. Well, I wrote at length for American Reformer, uh, where I've wrote on several things. You can find mm-hmm. some of my work there. Uh, I wrote at length about uh, the, what is, the, what does gospel mean? And uh, the, you know, uh, in, in the Greek, it, it does mean good news, but the context mm-hmm. of it, and in in the uh, in the first century, but also in the classics leading up to that, was in the sense of a, a family announcement, and then it became political announcements. What would be an example? Uh, there is a new Caesar, or there is a new uh, uh, prefect, or there is a new, uh, or it's uh, the ruler's birthday. Uh, these would be euangelions that were 
uh, announcements in a political setting of blessing that has come to the people because of this political reality. So that is it. It is um, it, grounding the New Testament in the gospel is not setting it apart from an earthly political reality. It is it is putting it smack dab in the middle of a political reality because gospel uh, then, you know, I don't sometimes I hesitate to talk too deeply about this because it freaks a lot of folks out when they hear this. But son of God was a term first used for uh, Octavian, Augustus, yeah. uh, 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 savior, uh, world savior. These were titles given to the emperor. And, yeah. and just as we mentioned a minute ago about uh, God colonizing the earth from heaven, from the capital, so to speak. Well, this mm -hmm. was the plan of the emperors as the empire spread. Uh, from Rome, he would send his his uh, uh, most trusted envoys to co to make colonies, and these were many of the cities that Paul wrote to: uh, Colossae, Philippi, mm -hmm. um, and uh, Thessaloniki. Uh, uh, I guess the modern uh, for Thessalonica in the ancient <laughs> Greek. So, so the the emperor was, and and the people would have understood this: that mm -hmm. of course Rome was crowded. Uh, I'm not saying heaven's crowded and dirty, but Rome was crowded and <laughs> dirty and, and, and hard to feed. So we're going to send the people out to Romanize the empire, to Romanize the realm. Uh, and and that in the process of doing that, there was someone would proclaim good news, Evangelion. You know, it's, and, and so that's the context that the first century hearer would have understood. Oh, wait a minute. You're you're putting this this Jesus of Nazareth uh, who uh, crucified, and we can talk about the reasons for that. Obviously, you know we can talk about that in a minute. But you're you're putting Je this Jesus of Nazareth, this Hebrew Messiah, on that level, and that's exactly what gospel this this Evangelion was meant to do. Yeah, so I mean, this this is part of the problem too. Like you know, you mentioned the fact that it, the very ethos of that phrase had political ramifications within that context. But we live in a world where not only is the gospel siloed, but politics itself is siloed. We have all of these like siloed things, and there's nothing connected. So when you talk about Christ as Lord of all, you're really challenging our you know deep laden 20th century American instincts about things in general. Why? Not only are we nominalistic in our the way we understand man and society, but we're also nominalistic in terms of the great social order itself. So the gospel mm -hmm. has its own carve out and politics has its own carve out and church has its own carve out. The family has its own carve out. And there's nothing that binds all these things together. But the right. thing that we are talking about now and that you've emphasized is that we need to push back heavily and challenge that paradigm. Well, I mean, one of the things that the the Christian nationalist movement has brought to bear is a newfound uh, and 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 some of the guys on the other side have been doing so for the last 20 years, I think, in in largely in error, although I don't question their heart. But the Van Drunen and the Michael Hortons with the, uh, you know, the radical two kingdoms approach. I'm not disagreeing that there is a reformed view of of, of two kingdoms. I, I personally like Calvin's language of a twofold kingdom, um, mm -hmm. which honestly much more uh, 
uh, is coherent with even the church fathers and the orthodox view of, of, of church and state or, or mm -hmm. the king and the priest uh, as not necessarily two sides of the same coin, but being in marriage with one another. I wouldn't say I'm the another side of the coin with my wife, but we work together for the same purposes and bring uh, different perspectives and talents and complementary uh, abilities to bear at whatever the family uh, and the marriage needs to uh, to do. And so it is with church and state. They're meant to deal, uh, uh, be pointed in the same direction, but but dealing with different aspects of the same problems. Uh, mm -hmm. Crimes and sins are not congruous, but they are similar aspects uh, brought about by the curse. The state mm -hmm. deals with crimes and the church deals with sins. That's a twofold aspect to dealing with just uh, cursedness that we go all the way back to the garden and then and then God starts to specifically deal with, uh, you know, in the Noahic covenant uh, in dealing with murder and the and what many see, what I would see as the establishment of the state. Yeah. So I don't know if that really answers the question, but but seeing a radical departure to where the church is only spiritual, and you see this in a lot of, of PCA, I'm a PCA uh, uh, deacon in the PCA church. And, and I love the PCA. I love, I love our churches. Um, but you do see a, probably the majority report is the, is a, a more radical view of the spirituality of the church that really the church should only, it's almost a neo-Lutheran view that the church should mm -hmm. preach the gospel and, 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 and deliver the sacraments and that kind of be it. I would disagree with that, even while understanding the heart behind that. Um, mm -hmm. But I would disagree. I don't know. I'd love to hear you guys uh, comment on on where you see that whole uh, you see that whole movement uh, going. It's really been going for twenty years, but just I think been brought up to a head because mm -hmm. of you know Stephen bringing his book out. Uh, mm -hmm. Andrew, you bring in your book out, some great writing, some great thinking. I think that's gracious, um, not so much from the other side, but but I think from our side, it's been pretty gracious, honestly. Yeah, I, I think that um, it, it's, it, it's interesting, um, the development over the last 20 years, that there really hasn't been a, a response um, – that has really gained any kind of widespread currency until really the last couple of years. It's kind of been behind the scenes, people rethinking these things. Uh, but I mean, sometimes these things just come through antithesis, right? You have to have something to oppose before you can, um, before you can formulate anything positively. Uh, but in particular in the last few years, yeah, especially with Steven's book and, and others, you know, with, with, with mine, uh, you you just have this this moment where you see that the the church has um like CJ says just siloed off politics over here that the church can't say anything about it has is not allowed to have any opinions i mean some of that uh, is within the context of you know the neutral world kind of mindset and winsomeness and you know Tim Kellerist kind of third way where well, we don't want to uh, we don't want to offend anyone, and our whole strategy is making people think that we're nice people, right? They, we want yeah, to Andrew, happy, I, warm thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it goes even deeper than that. I think those who are 
those were talking about the 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 symptoms rather than the disease, so mm -hmm. to speak. Uh, that may be mm -hmm. harsh, but I, I think the real impetus underneath is you mentioned it earlier, Second Great Awakening, which yeah. really produced a a Baptist uh, culture within the United States. And I, I was baptized Baptist. I have great love for. Uh, I was baptized in the Southern Baptist uh, Convention and uh, great love for those people. American Reformer mm -hmm. Partners is a kind of Presbyterian Baptist uh, mm -hmm. partnership. But the but the the impetus that's been given is is thou shalt not violate the conscience of the of the neutral person out there. Mm -hmm. And. Mm -hmm. And all of this gets at that is yeah. I, I can't violate someone's conscience. I can't do it through government. I can't do it through preaching. I can't do it so that it 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 treats it's it's very mm -hmm. Lockean. Uh, yeah. it, it, everyone's this tabula rasa, and I just mm -hmm. have to hopefully I'm I'm going to toss a seed that hits just right on on it. Whereas no, our job is to plow the soil. Yeah, plow it hard, turn it over, plow it deep and hard so that it is broken up and willing to receive that, those seeds and 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 have deep roots. Yeah. Uh, and that means, hey, my conscience was violated when the gospel was what came. The spirit came upon me. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. remember, but it. But that happened in stages as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there, I, I don't remember a day I really didn't know Jesus, but I remember trusting him even greater at, at stages in my life. You know, J Jim Jordan has a great essay on mm -hmm. this uh, mm -hmm. that maybe we can link to uh, yeah. later. That uh, Mark Horn did a great reading of it uh, that just yeah. uh, brought tears to my eyes. But, yeah. but, but ultimately, with this, with this, this battle that's going on with 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 Christian nationalism and 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 for it, maybe you're watching this and and not familiar uh, I think as Christians we want things to be Christian and and nationalism mm -hmm. really is just an emphasis on the state's obligation to the citizen first yeah it's it's it, it has a lot more application than that but that's really I, I don't find these two things controversial um, yeah. uh, we can wow. disagree on the on the uh, you know how the extent of the application, but those two things mm -hmm. aren't—they don't seem scary to me. Uh, yeah. But but <laughs> but with regards to the this two kingdom thing, I would love to see you know Stephen uh, uh, because he has the he has the horsepower to do it. Interact mm -hmm. with possibly you know Van Til's. Uh, Van, there there's a great tradition of natural law and 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 two kingdom theology, mm -hmm. which is which is now how those things interact and how does that mm -hmm. interact with a more Vantillian epistemology, which many of us who are more covenantal in our Presbyterian uh, thought uh, may, may lean towards, but, but I'd love mm -hmm. to see some interaction with that. You know, as someone who's um, I've really taken the path of the two kingdoms um, much like Stephen does through the same resources, I should add too. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've never really been down the theon. I mean, I've, I've interacted with it when, during my libertarian years, actually. So I, I got into, mm -hmm. um, the literature because I had to defend my own position against theirs. Um, and, you know, as is necessary for someone maturing mm -hmm. as a human being, I left libertarianism, but I, but I kept up with the, uh, <laughs> with the non-theonomy. 
Um, you know, so I, I have I've adopted this two kingdoms view as my own solution to some of the difficulties of our time, um, much in the same way Stephen has. Um, so I, I, I do see in the classical Protestant theological tradition um, an emphasis on the fact that there is a difference in the way that Christ rules over his elect, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the church as the administrator of the sacraments and the mm-hmm. preaching of the word and Amen. civil society which is mixed, um, which mm-hmm. has to do with, um, you know, the elect and the unelect, basically. And so I, that that division mm-hmm. is there all throughout Reform, post-Reformation history. There is that strong distinction there. Um, but the point is that we have this tendency in America to assume that this is the devil's world and the devil is yeah. the king and Christ has to earn it back. And that's sort of the mm-hmm. paradigm that we've kind of um, like absorbed you know, just subconsciously that the devil Manichaean in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't even realize it has nothing to do with our own traditions, our own theological heritage. Not, I mean, obviously it doesn't have anything to do with the Bible, but there's actually no place for it. If we want to be historically, um, you know, rooted. CJ, how would you, and I, and I love this. I, I watched Stevens fantastic little uh, 30 minute video that he put on Twitter last night about uh, two kingdoms and, and some of the developments thought it was really uh, instructive uh, and ministerial in its tone. I mean, he gets a, uh, because his book is forceful and it's writing, he gets this rap as being, you know, kind of a fire breather and he's not, he's such a gentle uh, soul. So for, for anyone wanting to know more about this, I'd really recommend going to, Stephen Wolf's Twitter, uh, it's Perfinjust at Perfinjust is yeah. his handle. And and watching that video, I thought it was very. Even though I'm, I, I'm not a theonomist. I'd be kind of a the post theonomy school. I, I don't think mm-hmm. the I don't think the law was a civil code. I think it was the basis for learning godly wisdom and how to rule. But it wasn't mm-hmm. the rule itself. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that. Um, uh, you know, that sounds, that might sound dispensational to some people. It's not, it's just kind of, and then, and, and then as far as, so, so I don't want anybody to think I'm, I'm a theonomist, even though I, I have a great love for some of the, what some of those guys did in the, in the, back in the eighties. I mean, we all were trading, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm old, uh, back in the, <laughs> so we were all trading, uh, VHS and, uh, cassette tapes of Greg Bonson making his debate <laughs> opponents cry. Uh, <laughs> And uh, so, so, but anyway, but my, my concern is more on the, is, is really, I, I, you know, I thought Van Til's later work went too far to be, I hope I don't frustrate any of my buddies in in saying that, but I do, I do love the, the emphasis on the fool says in his heart, there is no God and Mm -hmm. the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I think the the emphasis on both individually and covenantally in the church, the theme of maturation of a people. Mm-hmm. And again, this is my post millennialism showing. Um, yes. It, 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 how <laughs> it, it, I, I like the I I, I like those. I, I would love to see a a a new reformation in the sense of let's really tear into these. I'm not saying I'm the guy mm-hmm. to do it, but mm-hmm. but. But really interact with, uh, you know, the neo-Calvinists 
came along and tried to do some of this, I think, and and just ventured into what amounts to liberalism with regards to the state. So I don't think that was the answer. I think Kuiper was a good man, but only one man, and and his movement did the same exact thing. I mean, modern day Netherlands is a is a mess, but 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 dealing covenantally with again this twofold kingdom, this 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 the state has the power of the sword and the church has the power of the sacraments and the word and how those interact in a, a culture that should show maturity over time with the blessings of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think we're completely there yet. Um, uh, I, I'm, a, no. I don't know. I, 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 I think, <laughs> I think we're, I think we're in some, there's great stuff to read, but uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, we're, Hooker has done some great. I think Dabney was great. I know I'm not supposed to mention Dabney, uh -oh. uh, but uh, we're, but, we're but pro Dabney. Guys, this is a pro Dabney. Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but Dabney really, really uh, dealt with some hard covenantal issues. Um, mm -hmm. And 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 I and I love you know the institutes can be kind of dry, but but you read Calvin's commentaries, mm -hmm. and they are so mm -hmm. covenantal. And so mm -hmm. assuming that the church, that, that people in the church are not, are to, to be sanctified, to mature over time and grow in wisdom. And I just don't, mm -hmm. I, I, for some reason, I think in American Christian, uh, Christian Christianity, we don't deal with those themes no. enough again, possibly because of the transactional nature of our, of the broad mm -hmm. movement. But uh, even, our response tends to be, well, all the smart guys wrote everything in the 16, 1700s. That's done. And, and it's done. Yeah. And I still think they're smart guys. I mean, you know, I'm talking mm -hmm. to two of them. Uh, and and uh, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Where's the other one? Um, Let me get out of here. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, your check's in the mail, Ron. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think I, I think you're right. I think also, I mean, just you know, piggybacking on the on the question of well, everything in the was figured out in the 16th and 17th century. There's no more theological work to do anymore. Um, is it's interesting because you know you you brought up uh, when we were chatting uh, earlier this week, um, just the question of the gospel, and this is this will be the controversial part of that. Well, we've already dealt in some controversial stuff, but the really controversial part where it's like. If you ask someone what's what's the gospel, right? If you ask you know, if you know in the in the PCA or the OPC, like you know solid reformed churches, you ask them what's the gospel, and immediately they'll start talking about the Ordo Salutis and justification mm -hmm. and so forth, which which is like well that's that's really good. I'm glad they get that. That's it, obviously it is important, uh, but uh, it's an implication of the gospel. It isn't right. the gospel. Um, right. Is the so, gospel found in the gospels? Yes. Yeah. That is the question. I mean, that really gets to it. Can you find the gospel? And they'll be like, well, we could see justification here and here and here and here, but it's like, no, when, when Jesus says, all right, repent for the, the kingdom of heaven is here, uh, you know, and he's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, right. He doesn't launch into a discourse on, on, you know, Romans, uh, five, six, seven, and eight, right? That's not, that's not what he does. Um, what is, what is he saying when he's declaring the gospel to the people of Israel? Right. What, what is that? that when you see that, that the real King is here. Yeah. And, and um, it's really incarnational. 
And yeah. uh, again, this may sound kind of, uh, you know, ortho bro. Um, <laughs> as soon as but, you bring uh, up the incarnation, you, you, you're, you go that way. Yeah. But why did, why did Jesus choose to live with his people for yeah. a long time? And his ministry was not just, you know, a, a half hour TV show or, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was living with his people and going yeah. to the synagogues. And what did he do at every synagogue? Well, first he drove out the demons. Yeah. So that is magisterial to begin with. Mm-hmm. It is magisterial. Mm-hmm. He is that is not, I have power over that and I am exercising yeah. rule. Yeah. Because that's the main enemy. Mm. Yeah. Okay. As Paul would say, we, our battle is not against flesh and blood, even though it sure feels like it a lot of the times. Um, our battle yeah. is against the principalities. So, um, it, so he goes to the, he goes to the synagogues and he, and he casts out demons. And when he's done casting out the demons, he goes across the lake. And even among those, non-believers over there among the Gadarenes or the quasi-believers, he's going he's gonna to drive out legion and he's going to put them in, the, in, in an unclean animal and run them off mm-hmm. the cliff into what? Where do they end up? Into the sea. In the water. That's right. Yeah. The sea, the place yeah. of chaos, right? Mm-hmm. And we miss this because yeah. we want to make the Bible a, a set of precepts instead of this beautifully written uh, mythos. It's myth that's true, but it is certainly mm. authored with themes and characters and recurring yeah. themes and type and anti-type and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. All these things that, you know, when you read a great, when you read great literature and the hair stands up on your arm and on the back of your neck because something has been brought to fulfillment, that's all through mm-hmm. the scriptures. Yeah, You know, you just have to have your, 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 your the the ears of your mind through working through your eyes reading or listening you know when you're listening just be open to this i know that's uh typology sometimes gets a bad rap because it's messy and not mm-hmm. exactly scientific well mm-hmm. okay how did the how did the apostles interpret the new testament if you want to talk yeah. messy and not yeah. scientific you know they would they would fail their seminary exams for doing what yes, they, they did. would <laughs> yes, they would. Yeah. Yet, yeah. Yet, via the Holy Spirit, they spoke. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, back to the incarnation. Jesus was uh, the the evangelical problem is not re- is not that we do not recognize Jesus as God. We're good with that because we we we're okay with righteousness, which we conflate with holiness, even though those are two separate things. But we're not okay with the fact that our at times we're not okay with the fact that our our savior the one we worship sweat he urinated he defecated he ate mm-hmm. he had he was tempted in every way and he died only yeah. a man could die mm-hmm. we worship we understand following a man we've all been around great Hopefully everyone's had the opportunity to be around great men, but, but, uh, he was a man, not just for yes, substitutionary atonement. Yes. Uh, penal substitution. Uh, all those things are right and true, but there's a, even there's, there's more truth in the incarnation 
in this reality that that God entered into the story as a man and died. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then only God could, ra- could be raised again. So there's in the sense of uh, only God could do the raising. Uh, he was raised for our justification. So, so I think we miss, um, we miss some of that earthiness, some of that dirt under the fingernails aspect um, that is implicit in the gospel story, and it certainly lived out among the among the apostles. Uh, Paul mm-hmm. lists all the, you know, every bit of the dirt under his fingernails um, mm-hmm. as part of his mm-hmm. qualification, right? And then he says this thing that sounds heretical to us: "I make up in our bo- in my body that which was lacking in the in the sufferings of of Christ." Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. Um, and it just it kind of plays into the next question that I wanted to to ask. Um, what do you think some of the most obvious consequences are of missing this fact of Christ's kingship? Like like socially, politically, like you know, where do you see the most obvious consequences of it? Well, first thing that comes to mind may be the most uncomfortable, and that is man is meant to rule and be ruled. Otherwise, God wouldn't send. Uh, uh, send his son as a man to rule and to continue to, to, uh, uh, to be the first fruits in heaven, the first man in heaven. Uh, and, uh, so I think our uncomfortable, the fact that we're uncomfortable with sovereignty, um, has blinded us to reality because there's always a sovereign, uh, when the, uh, yeah. when the, when, when, when the, when the when the uh, Wuhan flu came along, uh, we found out there was one who was going to rule the exception really quick, right? Yeah, so yeah. The the little frog. Uh, well, he wasn't a frog, not the way we talk about frogs. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, he he was he was as schmidtian as it got, right? Yeah. Um, sorry, Carl. Uh, <laughs> but. There was an exception and he ruled it. And that yeah. is reality. Yeah. And our uncomfortableness with that uh, has um, made us blind to that reality. And therefore, we are continually pushing this rock up the hill mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and incredibly unproductive. That doesn't mean that I don't believe uh, I have no problem with monarchy. That doesn't mean necessarily that 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 is the uh, that that is the perfect solution in every culture and in every place and every time. The Swiss mm-hmm. tend to do have tended over time to do great job with very direct democracy, but they've ensured they've done so by ensuring a homogeneous experience, culture, people, and place. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do without that, uh, and without that, you're just going to devolve into well, what we have now, which is a technical or a technocratic oligarchy. Um, mm-hmm. we, 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 uh, uh, mock the Russians for their oligarchs. And, uh, I look around and <laughs> I yeah. don't know, see, see a similar reality just without yeah. the guy holding their leash. Yeah. And, yeah. and not only has the world, you know, tended toward the, those dynamics that you just mentioned, but at the same time, because we have this. Um, you know, false view of Christ's kingship, 
we've developed like an escapist mentality. So, so Christians mm -hmm. on one side are becoming more escapist and more, um, you know, mm. less willing yeah. to call Christ the king at the same time as the secular world is trying to replace Christ as the king. So this dynamic yeah. is preventing us from fighting at the same time as our enemies are, you know, gearing up for battle. And the, the outcome to that doesn't seem like a fair fight. No. And, and, you know, I think, uh, Barnum was, was pretty prophetic in his, you know, speaking of how this would be enacted through, you know, a managerialist type of, uh, situation. We, uh, it's really a, a, a Byzantine empire, uh, recapitulation. Uh, you know, yeah. the, the joke has always been of the Byzantines, you know, they added needless complexity and, and administration mm -hmm. and, and so on and so forth as, tried to manage their way out of out of the exception because largely possibly because of the lessening authority of the empire and the and the emperor but we've done the same thing and so you're still going to get mm -hmm. sovereignty even if it's it's uh, uh, an IRS code that is 50 volumes and uh universe you know uh universal commercial code that is endless volumes and so on and so forth mm -hmm. it's a uh, mm -hmm. it's it's this we have our Talmud as well, and only yeah. the priesthood yeah. knows it. Only the scribes know it, and that's mm -hmm. how our state is run, and that is wrong. Uh, mm -hmm. Law should be simple and clear, and it should yeah. make righteousness easy. And what I mean by that is not that sinlessness is easy. That's impossible. But living in covenant with the sovereign Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And he was calling, mm -hmm. he was calling the, uh, uh, on the carpet, the oral law tradition that yeah. the Pharisees yeah. had added and added and added, but in calling back to the, the simplicity of the Torah, which was, you knew when you, you know, first of all, if you did a high handed sin against God, you better, first thing you better do is go repent before there was mm -hmm. no sacrifice for that. And then it was easy. You go to the priest and he would show you what to do. And, and it wasn't hard. Um, and and our uh, the Talmud is hard. You know, mm -hmm. the Jews have their New Testament and it's hard. We have our, yeah. our New Testament and it is easy. It is basically yeah. a recapitulation, as you mentioned, of the Noahic covenant. Yeah. Which is honor God and what you do, pursue him and his righteousness and it'll all be granted to you. These are not hard concepts. There's things that are that have four, five, six-year-old could understand. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and, and we, um, we have a state that has, has mocked that in its practice yeah. and it is evil. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is. And you know, that, that, that's the thing. Like I, I just, um, uh, in Bible study at my church, we've been going through revelation and mm -hmm. in, in revelation, uh, uh, 14, you have either 14 or 50. I'm, I'm losing track now. I'm, I'm getting old. Uh, need to get and, your children out. I know, I know, right? <laughs> and uh, and uh, one of the angels comes down from heaven, and John says he he preached the gospel, and what he preached was uh, to to all nations and peoples, tribes, and tongues, and he preached, fear God and give Him glory, and judgment is coming. Right? That was his gospel. That's what he preached. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it mm -hmm. wasn't going through and saying, all right, here's how you can go to heaven. Here's how you can have your sins forgiven. Even those again, implications mm -hmm. of the gospel. It's fear God and glorify him. And that is, that's right back to the Noahic covenant. That's, that's what it is preached to the Gentiles uh, for the entire time. 
right? From really from Adam is fear God, right. glorify him, do what he says. Uh, what, but I, I want to, yeah, what was, well, well, on that, what was it that Melchizedek, what was his, what was he teaching? Yeah. He was a priest yeah. of the God most high, this Gentile yeah. king, priest king, ruling, separation of church and state. <laughs> Uh, well, priest yeah. king ruling over the area of Jerusalem, who he yeah. must have been doing something right since he he received a tithe from Abram and then and then yeah. gave him back bread and wine. Yeah, yeah. huh? It, it's pretty hard. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty hard to miss the symbolism of yeah. of a of a one day we would have a priest king reunited. And I want to mention real quick. The Maccabees, the Hasmoneans, got yeah. this wrong because they took on after and good for them. They ran out the Seleucids, the Assyrians, the the Greek Assyrians, and then thought, "Oh well, this is pretty cool. Uh, I can take power." And yeah. they uh, they were Levites, but they took both the high priesthood and the uh, the, the office of king. Yeah, and yet they were <laughs> they were not Judahite. So they weren't eligible for being king, and they weren't of the Zadokian line. They ran. Anias was sitting down. Anias the third was sitting down in Egypt. They could have gotten him, but instead they took the high priesthood mm -hmm. for themselves. This is where the yeah. Sadducees came from because they were that basically is an Aramaic term for spiritual Zadokian Sadducee. Mm -hmm. uh, you can kind of mm -hmm. see how it is like mm -hmm. Zadok. Zadok is just the Hebrew word for for righteous. But anyway. The the this idea of being united, king and priest was was an office that the, only the Messiah could take. And in Jesus, yeah. he was of the tribe of Judah by his father, legally yeah. through his father. But mm -hmm. who was his mother? Well, Mary. Well, who did Mary go and visit during her pregnancy? Her her cousin Elizabeth. Yeah, her cousin. Yeah. And and her cousin was what? What was what was what was Elizabeth's husband doing? He's a priest. He was a chief priest. Yeah. Yeah. Mary yeah, was temple. a Levite. Yeah. So you have you have this beautiful picture of of the priesthood and the kingly line being reunited only well, and, in Christ. And yeah. It's just and, beautiful. And Paul, you know, Paul or, or whoever wrote Hebrews, probably Paul. Uh, I'll go with Paul. Yeah. Pick, picks this up in 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 Hebrews. It says we have a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Right. It's that's right. It's not an old covenant priest. Right. No. It's it's a it's a line, a priestly line from the Noahic covenant. And so That's the, right. the new covenant opens everything up back up to the entire world. It isn't just a particular priestly nation that's set apart. It's it's now the the, the priesthood is is under is Christ and to all of the world. Um, and well, and so, how was yeah. that world inaugurated? How was that world no. was inaugurated by the one righteous man? Yeah. The, Noah, Noah turned around what Adam screwed up. Yeah, yeah, no, and his, and Noah his, wasn't his Noah wasn't yeah. sinless. Noah was yeah. not sinless, but he he is righteous. He yeah. he followed God and he was obedient. So, um yeah, I mean it's 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 absolutely beautiful. One thing I wanted to touch on while we still had time was yeah. that you know Jesus is this emperor king over many kingdoms. You know, you see the you see the when all the people come in, at, at Pentecost, all the different kingdoms are, are, you know, of, of man of the They're known there. world yeah. are mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And, and, and the miracle isn't in their language changing. It's in, it's in the ability of the apostles 
to speak in their tongues. Yeah. yeah. So you have this federal idea of the, the one emperor, yet these nations as nations would be uh, administered to and loved without their national identities being broken. Yes. And yes. Yeah. That, that's, and that's a, and, and, and that's not all only, the time. Yeah. 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 You do. And it's, and it's, better and it's be very careful, applicable. Ron. You're getting Andrew fired up. Oh, well, I'm ready to go. Let's go here. But it's, <laughs> but it's, I mean, obviously we have applications in immigration and so on and so forth, but, mm -hmm. but, but specifically for American governance, it yeah. speaks to the, the, the wisdom of states being federal, uh, by federal, I don't mean executive branch. By federal, yeah, yeah. I mean these Covenant. separate ruling entities yeah. that are should be allowed to maintain their identity as, as people groups. This yeah. is how wise rule, salvific rule, blessed rule is done. It's, it's endemic to the, to the, to the, both old covenant and new covenant in the old covenant, the yeah. tribes maintain their identities as tribes. This whole idea about the lost in tribes is ridiculous. Even in the new Testament, yeah. you have a yeah. prophetess who's raised up and she knows what tribe she is. Yeah. So Paul knows what tribe so, he's from. Yeah. Yeah. Paul's a Benjamin. So, so yeah. the, the it's, it's this federal idea, um, which the founders of our country knew in their bones, even if they possibly made mistakes in the exact implementation and in, 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 in its in they in that they maybe didn't guard it well enough. Mm -hmm. But in our founding understood this that people groups uh uh are uh there is something glorious in that. Um and, and you know God said uh, you have all the verses about the the, the multiplicity of glory yeah. and so forth. And I think that speaks to that, but I, yeah. I just wanted to mention that before we yeah. got too far afield, because it's yeah, an yeah. important point that we should remember um, that is uh, often lost that oh, somehow, yeah. you know, because we're the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And that is true because mm -hmm. sin sinfulness is equally damning. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean that all this glorious, uh, 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 diversity in a good sense uh, should be downplayed somehow. And that's what mm -hmm. the multiculturalists want to do is they want to destroy yeah. diversity. They don't want to celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah. They want to destroy particularity and what makes yes. you know people's distinctive. I mean, that that's you, right. You see this with, with so many uh, Christians that uh, justify multiculturalism and the post-war consensus today where, yes. I mean, I saw uh, who's the, um, the big the fat guy, Ed Stetzer. That, <laughs> John Frank. Um, yeah, not, no, we like him. He's, he has good oh, physiognomy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, the, <laughs> the, the, the big fat guy with bad physiognomy, uh, Ed Stetzer. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I remember him. I love John like he, Frame. For everyone I listening, do, I, I love John I do Frame. too. I do too. He's, he's, he's a friendly, jolly guy, you know? Um, and, uh, uh, Stetzer tweeted out something like, well, we see multiculturalism in the book of Revelation because it says all, all these tribes and tugs and peoples and so on and so forth. That's what heaven's going to be like. And it's like, hey, man, like they didn't get point. turned into a mass of human sludge, yeah. right? They <laughs> were still distinctive particularities. They're still nations and tribes and tongues. They're, so in, in the eschaton, right, they appear before Jesus as 
as Germans and Frenchmen and Koreans and Chinese and, and Igbo or, or whatever the else. eschatological version of those are right? or, or what, yeah, whatever they will be, yeah. you know, 50,000 years from now. Uh, That's right. Whatever, and the trees, you know? yeah. the trees that line the river are for the blessing of the nations, the blessings of the nations. Yeah. And that is in the eschatological state. Yeah. That is in the new Jerusalem after the consummation. So I don't, um, I don't understand what the controversy is. Honestly, this is just Bible. Because uh, they're married to yeah. Babel. That's what. That's what it yeah. is. Like, right. Like bringing ooh, up bringing yeah. up those verses. Tease that out. No, well, bringing up those verses about nations is hundred percent the Christian nationalist point. Yeah. Is that God does reign as emperor reign over kings? What do kings reign over? Kings reign over their people. There are mm -hmm. distinctions. There are particular political orders that have variants in their custom and their norms and their habits and their traditions and their way of life, as Schmidt would say. Yeah. 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 And the yeah. repudiation of Christian nationalism is Babel. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that that we can we can build the ultimate ziggurat. Yep. That we can Same go thing. higher. And what happens on top of ziggurats? You pull beating hearts out of people. Yeah. And we're seeing that left and right center. That, the beating hearts it. are being ripped out of the chests of people all over. And they don't even know what's happening. And they wonder why they're walking around dead without well, and, a heart. Yeah. And they're doing yeah. it in the name of Christ. And this is this is actually this yeah. actually plays into the two kingdoms conversation because what they're doing is they're taking elements of Christ's you know, um, his church, which is under Christ, the Bible says in Christ, there's neither Greek nor Jew. They're taking mm -hmm. that and they're actually applying that model to the entire world. When you apply that well, model to the entire world, you're denying the two kingdoms, first of all. Second of all, you're recreating Babylon. So, so this is why they're using. Yeah. So I talked about this this morning with it with uh, on the Chronicles magazine podcast um, that one of the problems I agree, obviously, with uh, Ren's positive and, and negative world paradigm. Mm -hmm. But one of the things you would be careful about is the fact that in our negative world, you're allowed to call yourself a Christian. You just have to, when you think Christian, you're thinking like the sanctification of left-wing priorities. Like that's what Christian yeah. means. And if you're not on the left, well, then actually you're not a true Christian. So negative world is a, is a very helpful concept, but we have to realize that when you have a more traditional, biblically sound conception of things, they're going to call you anti-Christian. They're going to say that you're not yeah. following Christ because you distinguish between peoples, because you're not for open borders, because you don't um, you, you don't sanction gay marriage. So, like this is all being done. This new Babylon, this new Babel, excuse me, is being done in the name of of Christ, and it has a Christian veneer over it. That's what makes when it so dangerous. Yeah, you see this, I mean, like today, and it, it, it was absurd and ri ridiculous, but like the, the woman on M MSNBC right. who is like, if you believe that your rights come from God, well, that makes you, you're, that's not what Christians believe. That's a Christian nationalist position. And it's like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Every Christian everywhere has believed that. Not even Christian, like Jews believe that. Like yeah, what? they're making that's a right. distinction between Christian nationalism and the true Christianity. So yeah, exactly. I, I, exactly. I, I, I want to make yeah. this point because people are talking about negative world and that's great. That's really helpful. Yeah. But just realize that Orrin McIntyre is right, that they're going to use Christianity as a skin. So they're going to haul out your religion and wear it as a skin. That's right. Suit. No. And by they the are, way, they do. Yeah. Right. by the way, Orrin is a, what a gift to yeah. the, uh, uh, you need to be, you need to be paying attention to Orrin if you're not, uh, what a, what a, what a gentleman. 
um, and, and and neat brother in the Lord. I, I want to go back to the verse. There's neither Greek nor Jew, male nor female, because yeah. it's very important to understand this for 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 the folks listening. Uh, this verse will be pounded over your head incessantly. It is a very important verse. And why? The Pharisaic impulse uh, to, because there was neither a, there was neither a, a valid king nor a valid high priest in the, in the, in the run up to the time of Jesus in the late mm -hmm. uh, first century BC. And then the first century uh, AD that, that added to the law. And one of the mm -hmm. things that was, was, honored in their wishes when uh, the second temple was, when Herod's temple was built, is that you had a court of the Gentiles and a court of the women added. This is not in Torah. And no. so when Paul talks about the wall of division being broken down, he is speaking of Jew and Gentile being unnecessarily separated that was never an intention and in worship in the outer court male and female greek and jew being separated which was never the intention so let's be mm -hmm. clear what that verse is about it is about the specific callings not of everyone's a big soup otherwise mm -hmm. pentecost is nonsense it makes no yeah. it, it, it 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 and and this is also an argument for a for an early uh, authorship of 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 all the uh, the the epistles and the and the and uh, uh, the apocalypse, because these are written with while the temple is still standing, and that was destroyed by Titus in uh, seventy A.D. So um, have confidence in the early uh, and accurate yes. authorship of your scripture. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that that that's a, a huge point because like that verse, again, is the one that like skin suit Christianity constantly uses. And I mean, if you if you tease out the implications of, of what they how they use it, well, there's there's no such thing as race or ethnicity. Those are those are not real because there's neither Jew nor Greek and there's no such thing as male or female. So, um you know the the dude uh, swimming against the girls in the NCAA you know championship. That's perfectly okay because of Galatians three twenty eight, right? I mean it's 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 insane. It's nuts yeah, to, the, to the, view it that way. I, yeah, and I, I'm more I'm more comfortable um, with the the kingdom uh, emphasis on people groups, mm -hmm. but but all of this the 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 main division that is where it all starts is male and female. And yeah. if you say those two are the same, then mm -hmm. everything else, which is of lesser division, mm -hmm. I think we would mm -hmm. all be yeah. comfortable saying, yeah. then all that falls apart. That's a, that, 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 uh, and so that's why that's the reason for this trans move oh, yeah. is destroy the one distinction that is obvious and natural and from uh, that God created that, that is so completely uh, uh, pervasive that every cell in your body uh, no. <laughs> carries this distinction, except for, which is interesting, the blood, which is yeah. equally, uh, uh, which does not carry this distinction. And therefore, when Jesus says the life is in the blood and the blood is my covenant is, 
is is in my blood. It's interesting how how what a blessing that's part of the newness. Yeah. And and uh, we don't focus on that enough. But part of the reason we don't is because the the other piece of that, which is drives an absolute distinction and eternal distinction between male and female. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it it is you know it, it's it's interesting. Um, the, the, you know, I guess, yeah, what CJ and, and Oren, you know, call skin suit Christianity, how, I mean, you see like the Rob Reiner documentary, which bombed by the way, like there's not an audience for any of this stuff, but I mean, who would you, go see that? I know. I know. Uh, it had to there, be, a, it had to be a money grab, right? Yeah. It's, it's some kind of money laundering thing. That's what all of Hollywood is, but it, it, um, it, but what it tells you is. I mean, it, all of that is fake to a large degree. Uh, all of the anti-Christian nationalism more or less is, isn't real. It's, it's a put on, uh, but you, you see that, I mean, even, I mean, you look at like liberal denominations and, you know, large, you know, evangelical churches that, that tend towards a, a more, more liberal bent, uh, they, they glom onto these things and they'll, they'll push these things to be you know, used this way. I mean, we had uh, William Wolf on and talked a little bit about the SBC. No, and, like, William. Yeah, he's great. Uh, the the ERLC, and really how it's just, it is this thing, this entity that pushes regime priorities onto the Southern Baptist Convention, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's ultimately what it does. I mean, they were, you have the, the head of it, Brent Leatherwood going on and saying, no, we need to, we need to pass this, uh, immigration bill that will allow 5,000 people to flood through the border every single day, you know, things like that. And it's like, this is nuts. Why are they, why are they doing that? But the reason why I think ultimately is, is that the regime knows that, that authentic, genuine Christianity, because it's, it's obviously it's grounded metaphysically. And it, it, it grounds people metaphysically to have higher priorities than the regime, uh, that that is a massive danger to them and, and their goals and what they want to do. If if you if, if their goal is to create this Babel like environment where they have total domination of the whole planet and they could just intersperse all all the various peoples and break down particularities, break down their ways of life uh, and force everyone to be the same and and live in trash world and consume Marvel movies and, and, and like all do the same stuff. Right. Um, then people who are Christians and who, who think the way Christians did a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago, uh, people like that are a huge threat to them because they're impervious to, to the, the, the shaming, the hectoring, the, the cajoling, uh, they can't be controlled in this way. Um, and, and so it's, it's a, you know, a wrench in their system that they, they want to get rid of. Uh, that's why that's, that's why the freak out is so big. Cause it, it's so funny. Like you see these people talk about it. It's like the, the amount of Christian cultural and political and economic cachet that exists today has never been lower in American history yet. They view it as, you know, the, the you know defcon 1 threat that has to be dealt with that they're going to take over they're going to take over and become the taliban and, and make women you know wear burkas and things like that this is this is what they think that and have handmaid's tale kind of stuff <laughs> wait why do they why do they do that it's it's for that reason it's 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 for this reason because they they understand 
right? Even even in this beaten down and frayed and and declined um, form that Christianity is today in America, it is such such a massive threat to what they want to do, right? Yeah. You, you, what, what do you think about? It? Do you think I, do you think that's a crazy conspiracy theory that I have? No, I I don't because I think number one, it goes back to. Uh, who are they informed by if they're not the yeah. Lords, then they're, in the, they're informed by their captain the, who, again, yeah. we don't battle against flesh and blood, but who's informing yeah. the flesh and blood and who's informing the flesh and blood is very aware of what the threat is. Yeah. So there's that, but on a, on a more, um, uh, uh, earthy level, you know, even, uh, and there's a great Amer uh, American reformer article written about this. Uh, but, but even Madison saw that he could weaken the people by factionalizing the churches. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, uh, speaking, uh, Madison was a brilliant guy and, and trained under Witherspoon, who was another, you know, brilliant church leader, but Madison was very, and Madison for those, you know, is the, is the primary author of the constitution mm -hmm. and his, his idea in it, we all think about separation of powers, but his way of really ensuring uh, state power was to was to factionalize the American church. Mm -hmm. And this is clear in his right in his, you know, in his uh, personal letters and writings. So uh, so I think that in, I think this this. Um, uh, this motivation that you speak of, Andrew, is 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 not out of left field. I think that's pretty clear that you 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 how do you factionalize a people if they're becoming more united on something? Will you introduce a new people? You just yeah. dilute them, yeah. and yeah. and and the and you prey upon the goodness of the hearts of of and yes, I know the heart is deceitful and is. Mm -hmm. you know, deceitful and wicked who can know it. But, but, but we're given a heart of, you know, a heart of flesh in the, mm -hmm. in the, in, and so in, in the, and the other side wants to prey upon that by mm -hmm. when these people with true plights uh, 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 are presented, they know that in, in a lack of, in a lack of maturity and stately wisdom, well, we just got to deal with the immediate need. Mm -hmm. And not understanding that dealing with the immediate need in a certain way is going mm -hmm. to mean we don't have the ability to, to, to meet any needs later on or fewer yeah. and fewer mm -hmm. to where we become, uh, you know, we're just subjects of a state, again, that is not pursuing godly, uh, simple righteousness rule, but, but a, you know, uh, I, I said Talmudic a couple of times, but but <laughs> yeah, a very complex, needlessly <laughs> complex and redemptively empty rule. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly right. I mean, this this comment from Big Tuna, uh, lots of Christians are innocent as doves, need more to be wise as serpents. And that's that's exactly uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Way to go, BT, yeah. preaching. Yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's yeah. right. I mean, and. And another, you know, the chat, there's a lot of good stuff in the chat here. And we, we haven't, we've been, we've been just rolling. So we haven't been able to interact with the yeah, chat. You want to, you want to hit a couple of but, things uh, from the chat? Yeah, there was one. I got to scroll way back. Our friend Paul, he probably went to bed by now because he's in Australia <laughs> hey, and it's like three in the morning. Hey, Andrew, uh, 
I got the kids banging my door down, so I might have to go in a couple minutes. Yeah, just bring them on. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so the our friend, the other Paul, uh, he, he, I, I put this up before uh, regarding like the anti-Christian nationalists in the reformed world. Right. In my opinion, it's worse than that. Conservative reformed Christians who nonetheless oppose things like Christian nationalism will speak their belief in God's sovereignty, yet turn around and redefine such to be empty of any actual teeth in society and the state. Uh, exposing the incoherence of a teethless sovereignty should be our first task. Um, I think, yeah, I think you know, Paul's got a point there that, yeah, they talk. I mean, you see like like Owen Strayan and guys like that will will say, we need to worry about God's sovereign. Why we shouldn't care so much about politics? You know, yeah, and these I've got, Christian nationalists. And, you know, they're and, bad and, people. And I, you know, I just want to say, uh, I disagree with Owen often. I, I have friends who know him and are friends with him. I'm, I'm sure. Again, a person who is, uh, who is pursuing the Lord uh, under his own convictions. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I would, I just disagree with how those convictions are played out. But, uh, but. When we disagree, I know Andrew apart from just this podcast and, and, and his heart is, you know, when we disagree with people, um, we're doing so for not only their betterment, but ours and in the whole of the church. Indeed, And that's yeah. the, that's the heart of this is yeah. to, and sometimes that means coming at somebody pretty hard, but it's mm-hmm. not that we want to see their destruction. If they're brothers in the Lord, we want to see their oh, blessing. Exactly. And so, yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, I think so. And well, that, I mean, even going back to something you said earlier about how, you know, even, you know, Stephen on, on Twitter, you know, goes pretty hard at people. It's funny because you bring him on to a podcast or something, or even looking at or watching his his videos. He's very, you know, careful and, and uh, almost subdued. Um, and strikes but, me as very ministerial. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he very much is. And, and even in, in the sharpest disagreements, you, never see him or, or me or any any of the other guys say i don't think this person is a christian i don't think they know the lord i think they're 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 sinful bad person um you know even right. if we think oh they're they're you know we might have some suspicions about motives and things like that that might play into it but it never is oh i think this is a horrible guy and we need to run him out of the church and they're terrible right um but you you're flipping around and it's like Stephen Wolf is a, a kidist and a racist and he's yeah. this horrible person. And like, we need to destroy his life. Uh, like that's the attitude the other side has. And it, it, it's, it, it, it blows my mind. It's astounding how they treat someone with a difference of opinion, which, yeah. you know, just tells a guy me who that, served, well, we're right. A guy who's yeah. a guy who served our armed forces valiantly. And anyway, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. And, and so it, it, uh, that, that kind of stuff drives me nuts, but I, I think like their, their side of it, right. They, they lean on God's sovereignty, but they, they don't lean on the, or, or even recognize the sovereignty of, of Jesus as King and what that means that, all right, our, our government rules under them. I mean, you, you get this, I mean, I, I mentioned this, I think last week, you know, I've been reading Calvin's institutes again. And yes, sometimes, like you said, Ron, they're, they're, they can be a little dry, but his preface to the King of France is, it's, it's like a breath of fresh air. And like oh, what he no. tells them, you're a Christian king. You rule under Jesus authority. And so you should stop killing Christians, basically. It's, it's right. his argument well, that hey, he's making. Yeah. Yeah. And Presbyterians, your Westminster Confession of Faith is a governmentally called document. I know. It was I called know. It's, it, by parliament. It I, wasn't I called by a guys, church council. Yeah, it's I see a, these guys. It's a document like, of the uh, state. 
like uh, the Prespicast guys on Twitter or like the, the Escondido guys, you know, losing their minds over Christian nationalism, things like that. And it's like you guys almost worship the Westminster Confession. Who called who called for that? The parliament yeah. did. The parliament yeah, asked for it. Like That's right. <laughs> How should our people live? How what? should our people live in yeah, relation to their it, God? Yeah, and it, it's like how else can you think like they're like they've they've imbibed secularism so much that they think there could be neutrality that we'll just have a neutral yeah. king. And it's like, yeah, no, no, if you have a king neutral. that isn't submitting to Jesus, then he's submitting to Satan. Period. Yeah. That's it. Right. If, he, yeah. if he's not even even nominally, right, like King Charles, right? Uh, even if he's just not nominally saying, yeah, I'm a Christian king or I'm a Christian president or, or whatever your system is, right? If he's not even doing that perfunctorily, then that he's submitting to Satan. That's it. Yeah. Like that, there's, there, there, I mean, that's when you talk about Van Til, like that's where I definitely will agree with Van Til. Like there isn't neutrality here. No, right? there's not. Uh, and, there, uh, there, the myth of objectivity uh, is, is just that a myth. I don't want to keep CJ if he's needing yeah, to go yeah. deal with his kids. Well, CJ, I could ask, sit here. Ask, uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Cause I we could do even... this. I could do this forever. Uh, I yeah, love we... that. This has been so fun talking with you guys. What a, what a, you treat. guys can keep going. You're welcome to keep going. Well, we CJ, if we don't stop now, we'll be here till like nine o'clock at night, probably. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, California time. And, uh, <laughs> but, Are you in uh, California, no. CJ? I am in California. Yeah. What, what part? Northern California, the Sierras, up in the mountains. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's like people nice. are like, you're insane. You're gonna, in California. You're I'm gonna like, sus- you're going to secede? Yeah. Well, Jefferson State lives on. <laughs> this is, I, live in that, I live in that territory. Um, there's, there's Jefferson flags everywhere. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> there's, well, there's some guys that have like a Confederate flag and stuff. And it's just, it's like a whole different world. <laughs> in California. Like, yeah. <laughs> Newson would walk, Newson would drive through Northern California or like my area, like that, like that Hillary Clinton picture in that apartment, you know, like when she walks in, yeah, yeah, was like mortified. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's man, funny. it's great. Well, well, if you have to get going, CJ, why, why do you ask one final question and then we can wrap up and have Ron on another time? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, it's, it's kind of like what you, we, we were just, you know, talking about with like the neutrality. Um, I guess the question would be, um, what do you think are the types of things that are going to have to happen for, you know, the evangelical world at large, not the elites, not the regime evangelicals, cause they're kind of hopeless, mm-hmm. but like, what are the kind of things that have to happen for people to realize, wait, there is no neutrality and it's either, um, you know, we either need a Christian metaphysic, something from the Christian um, ethos to order our society or otherwise we're in this doom cycle. Like, so what, what are the types of things that are going to have to happen for people to really grasp onto this? You know, it's a great question. And the question for me comes, does that leadership and that breakthrough come from the church side or the state side? I see little bravery on the side of the churches, except with the exceptions of guys like Andrew who are faithfully, you know, uh, ministering in their churches. A buddy of mine, uh, uh, Brad Denton, who is just killing it down here in Dallas. I worshiped in his church last Sunday and and, uh, he, yeah, there's Brad right there. (laughs) And uh, wow. 
Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's not saying anything bad about, uh, I love my church, uh, Park City's Prez. I have a very faithful pastor. That's yeah. his calling is not to go, you know, fight these battles. He wants to, yeah. he, he wants to minister. He's much more pastoral, pastorally minded, but I don't know if, if we're to a point where it's going to take a, a very bold leader who is uh, very devout as a believer, but, but comes maybe on the state side um, to break up some of our, to destroy some of maybe, uh, you know, some of the presuppositional wrongness mm -hmm. that we have. Mm -hmm. you know, about that, uh, who, 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 I think it's going to be difficult on the church side to do that just because we have yeah. so put a barrier that says the church can't speak into any of these issues. So I think it's going to take a statesman type who says, well, I'm going to speak to that side from my perch mm -hmm. and I'll mm -hmm. break down that barrier from my side, which is honestly the biblical pattern. Why do I say that? Who reformed the priesthood? David did. It yeah. wasn't the high priest. It wasn't a prophet. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Mount Moriah sits below Mount Zion. The mm -hmm. king is the one who's supposed to break down these barriers. So I think yeah. it's probably going to be coming from from a, a, a statesman. Um, but you know, I could I, I reserve the right to be completely and wholly wrong. <laughs> no, on that. I, I I completely agree with you. This is one yeah. area where a lot of people um, are uncomfortable, maybe with with positing this. But I, I, I think when it comes to 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 the masses waking up, um, maybe that's too strong, not the masses, but the vanguard, you know, you know, mm -hmm. carving out, you know, people that can actually do something. It really mm -hmm. does come from the civil arena. I uh, believe so. History. So I, I agree with that. Well, it's just one look area at, where I yeah, go ahead, Andrew. Sorry. Yeah. Well, just look at the history of the Reformation. Right. Uh, right exactly. Why was why was Luther able to do the things he did? It's because he had a a political patron. Right. It, mm -hmm. And the, his elector was on his side. Why was Calvin able to do the things he did? Because mm -hmm. the, the city council of Geneva uh, defended him and protected uh, him. Even in their own way, this you mm -hmm. know, may not be palatable. That's a good word. Guys, but even in their own way, um, the Anglican experience was the same thing. It was a political oh, yeah. shift, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the king, mm -hmm. the, the king uh, converted to Protestantism. Yeah, I mean the um, whole and, actually the whole history of of yeah. Christendom <laughs> came about yeah. that way. So yeah, no, exactly. I mean, or even even all the developments you know throughout the papacy and, and so forth throughout the history of the church, like it, it's kings that drove many of these things. Mm -hmm. I mean, even look at like uh, you know Alfred in England, right, yeah. defending the church, mm -hmm. like all all of these yeah. things. Like you, well, it's it's that. Yeah, yeah. This gets to a an, a thing that we're possibly uncomfortable with speaking about in the church, but. But the what aspect, what pardon me, what aspect of the Re Reformation was primary? And, and most guys go to the solas, very yeah. important, or yeah. to just or the recovery of justification by faith alone, very important. Yeah. But I'd say it was the magisterial piece of the Reformation. Yeah. Why do I say that? Yeah, yeah, because the church is federal, the church is local. I do not bemoan Rome. Rome's desire to have a bishop. He's just not my bishop. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if yeah. the bishop of Rome or the bishop of Cologne or the presbytery in Dubuque mm -hmm. is wrong, mm -hmm. that can be contained if, yeah. if the magisterial yeah. reformation enabled a federalism that contained error. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
and the church through the working of the spirit could gather together and, and dispute. And, and so that's, that's my, that's my, uh, I would put the magisterial aspect of the reformation as primary. And that, uh, you know, again, while the other two pieces were incredibly important, but you don't have them without the magisterial piece. Is that fair? Yes. I, I think I agree. so. I, agree. I, I think hundred percent. Yeah. I think we'll, the, uh, we'll end, we'll end this with this lovely comment there on the screen. Um, Squidward, you're yeah, you got you got fans out there. You're an appreciated no, guest. That means you, we'll have, you back. we'll have to have you back yeah. for part two. I'll I read it for the audio time. side. Yeah, yeah. Who is this base Chad Ronald, and why have I not heard him before? Well, that's why we bring him <laughs> on the Contramundum. That's why yes. uh, for for all of you to to hear uh, this brilliant dude, uh, Ron Dodson. Uh, so, Ron, thank you, thank you so much for joining us today. CJ, was there anything you wanted to play? You mentioned the Chronicles stuff. Uh, well, also, yeah, I mean, people people should know to go to contramoonpodcast.com and support us. Um, you yes. know, we'll have some we have some cool gimmies that we're we're prepping, and we mentioned um, Christian nationalists want to do um, burkas, so we're going to have some some burkas <laughs> on our merch store <laughs> for you for your wives. So that's, that's yeah. a joke. That's a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not real. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Thank you all. Please, yeah, go check that out if you want to support the show and and so we can continue, you know, doing this and having uh, excellent guests like Ron uh, join us and and uh, yeah, check out uh, what CJ did with with Chronicles, their channel. Uh, really good stuff there. Um, I have a new piece out for Gab News, news.gab.com. Uh, so you want to check that out as well. It's uh, excellent. Oh yeah, Ron's read it already, so it has his stamp of approval. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it was very um, good, very yeah. Good. So check, check, check plug, that can out. Can I plug my stuff? Oh yeah, of course. Well, here of course. we almost signed off without giving the guest uh, like podcasting one hundred and one. Uh, here we go. So yeah. you can you can find me at Ron Dodson on Twitter. Uh, you uh, Ron Dodson at you know uh, my Substack, which is called the Eyes of Apilles. And, uh, and then I write at American reformer, uh, and, uh, support those guys. They do yeah. really, really good work. They platform some excellent thinkers. Uh, and, uh, you know, while you're there, uh, reading, uh, reading me go surf off and read some of these other guys. They're fantastic. And, uh, anyway, I just appreciate you two having me on. This has been a real treat. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you all for listening. Please like and share and subscribe and, and do all those things. And until next time, stay dangerous peacefully, and we will see you next time.